Hi, and welcome to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. We meet every Saturday at 11 a.m. at 584 Franklin Road in Franklin, Tennessee. You can find out more information on our website at koldodi.org or watch us live on our Facebook or YouTube by simply searching for Koldodi Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Avinu Malkenu Avinu Malkenu Hinenu Anenu Avinu Malkenu Hinenu Vanenu Kien Banu Masim Asimanu Sedaka vechesed, asemanu sedaka vechesed ki hoshienu, avenu malkenu, alvenu malkenu, alvenu malkenu, chinenu avanenu. Kien vanu masim, asei manu, tzedaka vechesed. Asei manu, tzedaka vechesed, kehishi hoshianu. together deal with us in compassion and faithful covenant love and deliver us Lord thank you our father our king be gracious and answer us for we are unworthy amen And in the English, praise Adonai, to whom our praise is due forever. forever. Praise Praise be Adonai, Adonai, to whom whom praise is due now and forevermore. As we face the east, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Baruch Shem Kivor Malchuto Leolam Amen. We're going to continue with the Amidah. David, David will lead us. I was reading earlier about the Amidah. Um, sometimes known as the Shmonasa, and uh, which it means the 18. And the uh, early, some uh, first century scholars say that Second Corinthians verses uh, three through seven are a form of the first blessing in the Amidah. Um, and so I wanted to read that first. Second Corinthians chapter one verses three through seven. Praised be God, Father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, compassionate Father, God of all encouragement and comfort, who encourages us all in our trials so that we can encourage others in whatever trials they may be undergoing with the encouragement we ourselves have received from God. For just as the Messiah's suffering overflows into us, So through the Messiah, our encouragement also overflows. So if we undergo trials, it is for your encouragement and deliverance. And if we are encouraged, that should should encourage you who have been enduring suffering like those who we are experiencing. Moreover, our hope for you remains staunch because we know that as you share in the suffering, you will also share in the encouragement. 
Adonai Svatai Tivkach Ufia Gid Tehilatecha. Baruchata Adonai Eloheinu ve Elohe Avoteinu Elohe Avraham Elohe Yitzchak ve Elohe Yaakov Ha'el, ha'gadol, ha'gibol ve'adnora, el elion, gomel chasadim tovim, ve'kone ha'kol, zocher hasdei avot, u'mevi goel livne v'neihem, leman shemo be'ahava. Melech Rozer O Moshia Umagen Baruch Adonai Magen Avraham And in the English Blessed are you, Lord our God, and God of our ancestors, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, the great, mighty, and awesome God, God most high, who bestows loving kindness and goodness and who creates everything, who remembers the good deeds of the patriarchs and who will lovingly bring a redeemer to their children's children for the sake of his name, king, helper, redeemer, and shield. Blessed are you, Adonai, shield of Abraham. Father, we thank you for this time, Lord. We... Um as we reflect on atonement and all the things that you have done for us, Lord, we're just amazed at who you are, Lord. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this uh, day of atonement, Lord, where we just uh, intercede for those that don't have it, Lord. We intercede for Israel, Lord. We just pray, God, that they would turn to your Savior, Yeshua the Messiah, Lord. The song... It's called Adon Haselichot. They play it in Israel in all the synagogues, and they play it during Yom Kippur, and it's a it's really a cry out to the Lord. But for us, it's for us to intercede on their behalf.
This next song is written by an Israeli Messianic Jew, Yariv Goldman. And it's his heart pouring out for his people, Israel. We thank you for your mercy, God. And as I look around and I see the white garments today, Lord, I'm just reminded that our garments are true. Our garments are true because of Yeshua. We thank you, Yeshua, for washing us and making us as white as snow, Lord. And our prayer 
is that you would do the same for all of Israel, Lord, as the scripture says, all Israel would be saved, Lord. We long for that day for Israel to open the ancient doors. Lord, it's our prayer. And every knee will bow, every heart confess, Yeshua, you are Lord, Yeshua, you are Lord of all, will sing, with a shout will And every knee will bow, every heart confess, Yeshua, you are Lord, Yeshua, you are Lord. 
For this time, Lord, you, you hear our hearts, you hear our cries for our people, Israel, your people, Israel, Lord, for the Jewish people in the dia- diaspora too, Lord, we just, Lord, we long for them, for their white garments to be true today, Lord. Lord, whether it be through us or through somebody else, Lord, we pray you would reach your people, Lord. We give you all the glory for all that you have done for us only if you would do that for them too lord we love you and we praise you b'shem yeshua amen amen yom hakippurim is the day you know biblically it's called yom hakippurim not yom kippur it's the day of it's just plural you know masculine plural in the hebrew and uh, it, you know kippurim full of atonement god has more than enough with him is plenteous abundant redemption in psalm 130 i believe it's verse 4 so thank you, Lord, for being our great high priest. Thank you for being our, our Kapoor, Kapora, our atonement, Lord, through our, our Messiah. We love you and we thank you. Amen. Amen. So Shana Tova Umetuka. May you have a, all of you be having a sweet and healthy year to come. And um, the book of Jonah is traditionally read on, in uh, Mincha, the afternoon service of Yom Kippur, which is tomorrow afternoon, but we're primarily because of its theme of repentance. It's a short book. You know, I'm looking at my Bible here, and if whatever Bible you might be using when you're looking at the book of Jonah or Yonah, uh, you know, it's two pages, two pages. It's four chapters, and it's a very short book, really, but a very powerful book. Uh, Jonah was only five foot two inches tall. Um, just kidding. How would, I, how would you know? But Jonah is a small book, and it's an amazing book, though, um, that's so relevant to us, isn't it? It's so relevant in its theme. It really is. It's as if it was written uh, yesterday, even though it was written some 2,700-plus years ago. uh, It feels like it was written yesterday when you read it because of its lessons. So, Lord, we pray you would speak to us through this this book today, through your word. In Yeshua's name, we pray. Gal enayva avitani flaot. May Torah Techa B'Shem Yeshua open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. In your name, amen. Catch me if you can. I said, gave that as a little uh, thing of, of uh, you know, little commercial for the, you know, for, for the book of Jonah. Catch me if you can. The, the actual film, it's actually a really pretty good film. Um, director Steven Spielberg starring uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, it was based on a true story of a scam artist, Frank Ab, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, Abagnale Jr., who throughout the 60s and 70s cashed more than $2 million in fake checks and successfully posed as a doctor, a lawyer, a college professor, and a pilot for Pan American Airlines. Well, this is not about that at all. Um, so I'll, but I'll try to tell the whole story of Jonah uh, in a nutshell. So Little Prophet, Big Fish, Gulp, throw up, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we're sorry, that's the Ninevites, the end. There you go, that's the whole story. All right, Nineveh, the capital of the Assyrian Empire, was the largest city of its day and Israel's bitterest enemy, and they were a cruel and savage people, but it's not clear at what point in history that they were so to Israel. Uh, God calls them the rod of Zanger, to punish Israel, Isaiah 10, verse 5. 
had they previously been believers in the God of Israel and gone away from him? Well, it's interesting because we read in Jonah 3.3, now Nineveh was a large city to God, it says, Lelohim, to God, Irgadol, Gidolah, Lelohim. There is no mention of their repentance or of their having, no mention in their repentance of their having been idol worshipers or discarding idols. They're a huge contrast to Israel who reject her prophets and continue rebelling against God, while Nineveh totally responds to Jonah's message and turns from evil to God. So it's like the Gentiles provoking Israel to jealousy, really, in a sense, isn't it? Uh, like Romans 11, 11 says, uh, salvation has come to the Gentiles to provoke Israel to jealousy. I believe the whole story uh, is of Jonah, of the book of Jonah, is a condensed version that we're reading, as I said, short here, and there's much verbiage, emotion, much struggle, detail that went on between the lines of what we're reading. For example, it says that Jonah had already told them about his running away from God, chapter 1, verse 10. So we don't see the details of that. Uh, Or what happened with Jonah during the three long days inside the fish's intestines and bowels? Ugh, what happened all those three days? We don't know. Um, in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Or we never hear when he, God actually told Jonah what to specifically say to the people of Nineveh. Jonah says, yet 40 days, and Nineveh will, you know, he's praying, yet 40 days, Nineveh will be overthrown. But just that he'll tell him what to say when he's ready. We know in chapter 3, Uh, verses 2 through 4, but we don't really hear when God told him what specifically to say. So we read in verse 1 of of chapter 1, now the word of the Lord, the word of Adonai, came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, rise, kum lach, kum lach, rise, go, get up, go to the great city Nineveh and call out to her, for their evil has risen before me, God said. But Jonah rose to flee, and the Hebrew word barach means he bolted, to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He's trying to run from God. He went down to Jaffa. Jaffa still pours a port today and adjacent to Tel Aviv. And he found a ship going and paid the fee and went down into, the, in, to go with them, in, into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord, the face of the Lord. He headed west, Jonah headed west, in, west instead of Northeast. He let left going the opposite way to Tarshish. All right, everyone say Tarshish five times fast. Tarshish, Tarshish. <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> All right, just woke up someone that was falling asleep. No, no. All right, so he wants to run from that call of God. Do we run because the Ninevites had done some really rotten things, cruel things? I remember in a course I took in, in uh, college, I them take crushing people, sorry, but crushing people's heads under chariot wheel, their chariot wheels and stuff like that. I mean, very cruel things, you know. But do we run from sinners or to sinners? Do we run from the lost or to them? Do we run from, from them because we don't understand them or because, they, or because they've been nasty to us or because we've been offended by, or do we run to them, to people who need the Lord? And then Jonah hurled, uh, the Lord rather, hurled a forceful wind into the sea, and there was such a mighty storm on the sea that the ship was about to shatter. So you can't run really from God, from the presence of the Lord. Three times it says he tried to, and uh, he's trying to run. And uh, we know Psalm 139, that wonderful psalm. He says, where can I run from your presence? I can't get away from you, Lord. If I make my bed in Sheol, there you are. Wherever I try to go from you, God, I can't get away from this call of you. I try, and, and you're there. There you are. You don't give up on me. So verses 5 through 7, they're, they're, they're praying to their gods. They're praying. It says, um, the chief sailor came and says, what are you sleeping? Get up, call out to your God. Perhaps the gods will consider us so we will not perish. Then each man said to his companion, come, let us cast lots so we may know because of whom this evil is happening. And we know the lot fell on 
on Jonah. So they're, they're panicking, they're praying to their gods, and Jonah is sleeping. And, you know, why should he pray? He knows the storm's because of him, and he's not ready to obey God. So what do they do? Verse 8, they, they say, uh, what's your profession? Where did you come from? What's your land? What nation are you? Basically saying, uh, you know, where are you from? You know, what do you do? Where are you from? How much are you worth? <laughs> um, what's your family pedigree? You know, some social circles are more direct than others, as, you, as we know. Uh, sometimes in cer- certain circles, people beat around the bush, you know, and they never ask you, like, what do you do? Or where? Other circles, it's, what do you do is like the first question. Jewish circles, it's usually like, like, what do you do is like almost the first question. You know, so it's very, it's very different in different circles, right? They're very direct with him here. They say, you know, they want to know everything about you. What do you do? You know, who are you from? Who's you connected with? And I love, don't you love his Ivri Anochi? Let's say Ivri Anochi. Ivri Anochi. A Hebrew am I. A Hebrew am I. And the Lord, uh, the Lord God of the heavens, I fear. I'm a, I'm a Jew. I'm a Hebrew. You know, Jew came, term came later, but basically, I'm identified. I belong to the living God. I belong to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I belong to the living God. I belong to Adonai, Elohe, Hashemayim, the Ani, Yare, the, uh, the Lord God of heavens, I fear. I fear him. I reverence him. He has my constant attention, really, as we know that word fear, as I've taught before, means. Uh, he made the sea, including, that means this storm. He's the one that made the storm. That's the one who, who I belong to. And Ever, where, which the word Hebrew comes from, the Hebrew, it means the other side, the other side. We are on one side, and the rest of the world's on the other side. All right? The rest of, we're on one side, the world's on the other side. A Jew, Yehudi, is really, the Hebrew means to be a praise to God. A Jew was called to be a praise to God. That's what Paul's making a play on the word in Romans chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. He is not a Jew who is one outwardly, who's, you know, but he's Jew who's one inwardly, and his praise is not from men, from men but from God, right? It's, he's making a play on the meaning of the word, the Hebrew word. We are different. We are different. All of us believers who belong to the Lord. All of us, whether we're Jew or Gentile, we're, we're different, and we're not ashamed of it. And we live for God because we belong to him. The Bible says, you are not your own. Your body is not your own. You are not your own. You're bought with a price, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Paul says, uh, says my God, the God to whom I belong, to whom I belong, Acts 27, 23. So Jonah says, pick me up, throw me into the sea. He said, and the sea will become calm for you verse 12, for I know it's because of me that this great storm has come on you. And how did Jonah know that the storm was on account of him? Well, he just, he was, he obviously, even though running from God, he still had that relationship. And so they cried to the Lord, verse 14, and they said, please, Lord, don't let us perish on account of the soul. This man, don't put innocent blood for you, Lord. And, and they picked up Jonah, threw him into the sea, and the sea stilled from its raging, Anyone ever been adrift at the sea here? Yeah, really? Somebody, anyone else? David, yeah? Anyone else been ever caught in, in the ocean? And scary, isn't it? It's nothing, that's I, one of the scariest things. I know, I, I actually have an incident where I was, once when I was a teenager, we went on a trip to, I'll say it right, my wife will correct me if I say Puerto Rico. She'll say, Puerto Rico. <laughs> it's Puerto Rico, not Puerto Rico. All right, so, so we went and we took a trip to Puerto Rico. <laughs> this is true. We were in high school, and I really got caught in a wave. You know, I love body surfing, and I got caught out, and, and I couldn't get back in. And I remember it was like I was scared. It was really, I was caught in those waves, and I was gone. And like from out of nowhere, like this arm grabbed me and, and brought me in and and when I came in I looked and there was like no one there and I really know now and I wasn't saved I didn't know the Lord um this is before I knew the Lord and now then I, I the Lord reminded me of that and said you know that was an angel you know I saved you then you know but there's nothing scarier than when you're than you're in an ocean you know and you're and you're lost now, this was scary and uh and so the Lord there's a word used here it's called mana let's say mana 
or mana, it would be mana, but not the manna like in Exodus, but mana, and it means assigned, prepared. It's translated here, prepared. It's used four times. God prepares a great fish. He prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. What's amazing is the men feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice, verse 16, to the Lord, to Adonai, and they made vows. So they become believers even through Jonah's being disciplined by God. And even God disciplining us in our disobedience can be used to bring others to the Lord. It's amazing, right? God's ways are not our ways. And God prepares this great fish to swallow Jonah. And it says in chapter 2, verse 1, it says four times, as I said, the word is used. The, a great fish he prepared, manna. A plant in chapter 4, verse 6. He prepares the worm, 4-7, and a scorching east wind, 4-8. So God prepares. Jonah was in the belly of that fish, that giant fish, for three days and three nights, to chapter 2, verse 1. And maybe he didn't pray for three days. I don't know when he started praying. I, I, I would imagine he did before that. But maybe for three days in the fish, he just moaned and cursed and complained. <laughs> we don't know. Maybe he would have been there longer than three days if he didn't have a change of heart. We don't know. But at some point, he, he begins to really pray and cry out to God, and he starts praying. I, I think he probably started praying a lot earlier, and God just waited and, and, and took his time in, in having the fish regurgitate him or whatever. So, uh, but God must bring us to the end of ourselves, right? God must bring us to the end of ourselves. And the end of myself is the beginning of God. Amen? The end of myself. I love 2 Corinthians 1.8. We were, Paul says, we were under great pressure, so far beyond our strength that we despaired even of living. We wanted to die. We were at the end of ourselves. In fact, we had within ourselves the sentence of the death sentence so that we might not rely on ourselves but on God who raises the dead. And he rescued us from so great a danger of death. He'll continue to rescue us and he'll, he will rescue us again. This was what God does. He brings us like he did Jonah. He does it with us too. He brings us to an end of ourselves. And Jonah prayed in verse 2 and verse 11. It uses the word tefillah. Jonah prayed, Vayit palel, Vayit palel. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. And then verse 11, that's verse 2, verse 11, then Adonai spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. So, God waits till we turn, and this is such a beautiful, you know, lengthy, that prayer. I mean, maybe it was much longer than this, but it was, you know, it's still long even as it is. Chapter 2 is this prayer as he's, that he's praying to God, crying out, and God waits until we turn and cry out to him before he delivers us, and then he delivers us. So Jonah quotes numerous psalms in this prayer, uh, and he, he doesn't have to rehash his sins he doesn't go into all the details. He just needs to reverse his course, give in to God. Neither does Peter, when Peter in the New Testament, the New Covenant, need to go into a detailed confession to Yeshua of his denial. Never happens. He's never asked about it by Yeshua. Palal, the Hebrew root for prayer, means to bring together. To bring together. Prayer brings us into alignment with God to know and now be ready to do His will. Prayer brings us together with one another, with one another. Did you ever notice when you have disagreements or issues, but if you will pray, humble yourselves, you'll pray, humble yourselves, and pray with that person, with someone else, you start to pray together, if we'll do that, that the disagreements, the differences evaporate, they're no longer, they no longer become an issue. They're not the issue. Because prayer brings us together, right? Tefillah, prayer. Prayer is so important. Prayer, any revivalists will tell you, all the historians that study revivals, they say the key is not all the strategies. The key is prayer. Prayer. 
all that preceded everything, prayer. God just wants our humility and our brokenness. Psalm 51, 19, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Chapter three, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah a second time, shenit, a second time saying, and he says the same thing, rise and go to Nineveh, the great city, cry out to the proclamation that I am telling you. Kum lech elei Ninveh, I think it is, Ninvi. The exact same call persists, the exact same one. Doesn't really change, doesn't really change. God doesn't change. His call upon Jonah's life is the same. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And the Greek word for that in Romans eleven twenty nine is a metamelitos. The gifts and the calling of God are a metamelitos. You know what it means? Irrevocable. <laughs> it means they are not regretted. Not regretted. You don't. He doesn't regret. He doesn't. Re, they're not regret. He doesn't regret it. You don't regret it. Listen. God doesn't change. What his call? He's called you. He doesn't change. You say, it'll change because based on, no, it's still there. It's still there. I can miss it if I keep saying no, keep saying no, but God's going to persist. He's going to persist as long as it's possible. He loves you. He chose you not based on your, uh, your, what you think of yourself or what others think about it, you or whether you're, you're worthy of it or whatever. He, it's his calling. And the gifts and calling of God are, are irrevocable. Romans 11, 29. And that's true for Israel, the, the Jewish people as a whole. It's true for, the, you, for you, your life. It's true for Jonah. It's true for your, all these ways. The cry, kara, in chapter 3, verse 2, he keeps, to, he's to, it's in perfect tense. He keeps crying against her, the proclamation that I'm speaking to you, a participle, devar, to, keep part, to keep crying against it, that what I'm speaking, what I'm speaking to you, keep crying against it, and this means a call, a call to summon a change in direction, to cause a change in direction. The specifics of our assignment come as we obey, one step at a time. Just like Abraham with the Akedah, the, in Genesis 22, as you obey, he'll reveal the next step. As I obey him in this, the next step will be revealed. It's not gonna, he's not going to show me what's going on like many have said. You know, like if, he, if I knew what, I was gonna ha- what he was going what to what mean all the you know, years ago, I wouldn't have accepted. <laughs> so it's all right. He shows you one step at a time. Uh, and he rose and went to Nineveh. And this time, so this time he obeyed. And Jonah wanted them, actually, look at verse 4, chapter 3. He says, uh, Jonah began to come to the city uh, one day's journey. He cried out saying, another 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Nineveh is going to be overthrown. Jonah wanted them to be destroyed like Sodom and Gomorrah. And his language reveals this. And it, it eventually, by the way, would happen, but generation, a couple generations later, but in God's, in God's time, not his. But right now, this, not this generation. And they repent. Verse 5, then the people of Nineveh believed God. They trust God. They turned to God. And they called for a fast and wore sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Wow. Shock for Jonah. They rely upon God. Emunah. Trust. They trust the Lord. Salvation of the sailors earlier. Now the Ninevites. One group in his running from God and this other group in his responding to God. And the cry is in verses 8 and 9. He says, "Cover, uh, but cover man and beast with sackcloth. Let them cry out to God with urgency. Let them turn, each one turn from his evil way and from the violence of his hands. Who knows God may turn and relent, turn back from his burning anger. So they, and God saw their deeds, so they turned from their wicked ways. God relented from the calamity he would do to them, and he didn't do it. So he did not do it. Even the king became a believer. And Nineveh does Teshuvah. They turn from their evil ways. But look at Jonah's response, the last chapter, verse 1. But it greatly displeased Jonah, and he resented it. 
So he prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, this was not what I said when I was still... Was this not what I said when I was still in my own country? This is why I didn't want to go. That's why I anticipated and I left and I ran from you because I knew you're a gracious and compassionate God and that you were going to basically, you would, have forgive, you would forgive them. So take my life. Kill me. Kill me. I want to die. As I said, written over 2,700 years ago, it sounds like it was written yesterday, doesn't it? We're the same way. We're no different than Jonah. It's, this displeased Jonah. He resents it. He becomes upset at God, showing mercy on those he didn't feel deserved it. Are we ever angry or annoyed or disturbed when someone gets blessed whom we feel should get the very opposite? Are we chara, is the Hebrew word. I, I translate it as selfishly sensitive. Selfishly sensitive. Angry, annoyed, disturbed. Jonah was fine with God <laughs> as long as he did what he, Jonah, thought he would. God, I love you if you do what I expect you to do. If you do what I don't want you to do, then I don't like, <laughs> I'm not happy. Is my relationship with God immature? Does my well-being and do my emotions depend upon God fulfilling my expectations? Okay, is this a tough little pill to swallow? All right, I say it to me too. All right. Is my relationship with God, does it, my well-being and my emotions depend upon God fulfilling my expectations? I'm happy as long as things are going my way. I don't want, no, Lord. Look at Jonah. He quotes God's word. He even knows God's word. He says, Lord, and that's beautiful. I, I, someone shared their, they shared how they were in a very prominent career, and then God told them to take a job doing something very, you know, it wasn't glamorous at all just working in a, in a very menial job, uh, you know, like a food job, like day, a very unglamorous job, and said, why, God, are you telling me to take this horrible job? And all day long, they said, I listen to the Bible uh, in those jobs. This is my daily. I would listen to the Bible with my ear, ear pod, AirPods in and listen to the Bible. Day, and I, that, that job was the best thing in my life because those, that year in that job, all I did was listen to the word and pray, a lot of pray, praying for this, the, the employers who were not believers in Israel, who's in Israel, and, and, and now this person has an amazing ministry to, to many people. And Jonah has the word of God. I thank God for the times I took storing the, there's, there's certain days where I just would do nothing every night. I didn't watch TV for years. I didn't watch, listen to music. For, there's certain, a certain time in my life where I just spent time meditating in the word of God, learning scripture, memorizing, 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 taking on rooftops and basements and the worst places everywhere I could. Honestly, I just, that was just, those were the times God gave me and I would just spend time, time and memorizing, writing down the references right, day and night and thank God, hide the word of God in your heart, you know, because you will need it. And Jonah is able to quote it right here. He's quoting God's word and saying, you, I, I know who you are, God. What if you're in prison without a Bible or in China or in an Islamic country someday? You may be, be there and you, you'll have only what you've stored in your heart and mind. And God questions Jonah. He says, is it good for you? Verses 4 and 9. Is it good for you? Is it beneficial for you? Is it healthy for you, Jonah, to be angry, to be selfishly sensitive? God is probing him. He says he's patient with Jonah, but he doesn't baby him. He disciples him. He says, stop feeling sorry for yourself, Jonah. He says, listen, I love you. I care about you. But shouldn't I care about the Ninevites, basically? Shouldn't I have pity? The Hebrew word is chus, care for them. And so verse 10, God cares. God says, I, you had, and the whole story, he creates a plant. Then the worm kills the plant, gives shade to, to Jonah. And then the plant he has the worm kill it. He says, God cares about the masses, and God cares about the individual too. He wants to save the Ninevites, but he also, and he wants to save the sailors, but he also wants to save Jonah. And so this is the lesson he's teaching Jonah. Now, many others in the Bible rebelled against the Lord. There's many, many people uh, that we could mention, Noah and Abraham and Moses and Gideon and David and Sarah and Esther and Peter, and they all had, to, where they ran and rebelled against the Lord, but the Lord restored them. The Lord used them. And if you feel like you're in that company, that's okay. You're in a good, in a good group of company. And, and uh, 
God isn't through with you. And, and he, he will uh, restore you. And the, in the end, it, it comes down to, Jonah, it's between you and God, not you and the Ninevites. You and God. I had pity on Nineveh, and it's not about them. It's about me and you. So, Lord, we thank you for this beautiful story of Jonah in this book that teaches us your love for people, your call in our lives, your faithfulness to us. We thank you that you, your call persists. You are so persistent. And we thank you that you don't baby us, that you mature us, you disciple us, Lord, because you do really love us and you care about us not just now, but you care about us bearing fruit and having rewards in the life to come. We love you and we thank you. And if you've never trusted Yeshua, he is your high priest. He is the one who made way for our atonement. So if you've never trusted Yeshua, invite him into your life.